I like to say that until the bear gets to tell the story, the hunter is always going to be the hero. This is Dr. Don Dexter, a storyteller from the Modoc Nation. Today, Dr. Don would drop some knowledge on us for what it's like to pursue higher education as an indigenous person, the importance of inspiring the next generation, and how Tule Lake, a center of the Modoc life, has been dry up recently. Dr. Don will talk us about his upcoming independent film, bringing attention to the injustice of the Modoc War, as well as the creation of a memorial. Welcome to Indigenous Earth Community Podcast, where we talk to indigenous conservation heroes from communities at the forefront of climate resilience. And we learn firsthand on how we too can help heal the planet. I'm your host, Frank Oscar Weaver. Recently, I was invited to participate on a virtual walk honoring the forced relocation of 150 Modocs during the Modoc Wars, one of the costliest wars in the United States. This relocation was of 153 prisoners of war, consisting of women, men, and children, who were transporting like cattle 2,000 miles in the dead of winter. On my research, I came across the work of Dr. Don, who is working to create a documentary about the history of the Modoc. So now, let's hear from Dr. Don. Hello, how are you today, sir? I'm well, thank you. I'm so happy to have you. Uh, I spoke with you uh, briefly, and everything that you were sharing is so insightful and interesting that I really wanted to have you here to share a little bit more about yourself and uh, the Modoc Nation, uh, because I think our listeners will really enjoy this conversation. And uh, before we start, can you tell me uh, more about yourself, uh, Dr. Uh, Don Dexter? Uh, yes, I am uh, Motakini Maklax. Motakini is Modoc, Maklax of people. So I am a descendant of uh, the Modoc tribe. I grew up down in Southern Oregon and uh, left there when I was 16, where I left and moved away to the Portland area where I attended college, dental school. I had gone back briefly and worked back at the tribe, but I've been a dentist here in Eugene, Oregon for 25 years. So that's, that's a little bit of my journey, where I started and where I am, but it's not where I'm going yet. I love that. Yeah. Uh, dentist is such a cool uh, profession. Uh, my aunt is a dentist. Uh, she uh, helps a lot of people. And in Brazil, uh, the let's say like the George Washington of Brazil, he was a dentist. Oh, so, really? Yeah. So that was a professional of the, uh, the, the, the person who liberated Brazil from Portugal is, is a dentist. So dentist is a really cool uh, profession. And, um, you know, I was wondering because a lot of people that listen to this podcast are maybe first generation uh, college students or maybe they're indigenous going to higher education. And it can be intimidating a little bit. Um, can you share a little bit about the story about, you know, you're leaving and, and then going and seeking higher education? Do you have any challenges there or any maybe advice that you want to give people that are kind of like in a similar uh, situation? You know, it it is a challenge because so often there's nobody ahead of us to uh, to be a mentor, 
there's not a trail to follow, so we have to blaze our own trail and find our way. Uh, with me, it's interesting because for who knows what reason, ever since I can remember, I wanted to be a dentist. Nobody in my family had ever gone to college or, you know, most didn't even graduate high school. So nobody, you know, put that in my head that you can be this or you can do that. And, um, and, and I did. And, and each step along the way, I found that I was the first or the only. And what's interesting is, as we speak right now, I'm the only member of our tribe who has ever become a dentist. I'm the only member of any of the nine federally recognized tribes in Oregon who has ever become a dentist. I was telling somebody recently that in my professional career, if I can't inspire and help one person follow in my career footsteps, I'll feel to some degree that's a failure. Because the thing about, you know, when we when we uh, seek and we advance is we always want to make sure we reach back and bring somebody with us. And so I, I marvel at what I do. There's, you know, not a day that goes by that I'm just not so impressed with being able to do what I do. Because I'll often say in the whole lifetime of all of our people, I'm the only one that's ever been able to do this. I've never, I've never, I've never gone to work and said, I, I have to do this. I still have that gratitude every day that, wow, I get to do this. And no one in the history of our people has ever had that opportunity. So I am trying to reach back more. I'm trying to reach more out to the communities working with kids and because I've been doing this for 25 years. And like I said, if somebody doesn't follow behind me, if I don't inspire and help one person to do it, then, you know, I really, uh, really fell short on that. Yeah, I love that. That's that's such a cool way to to see the world. Uh, I feel like if you have gratitude in your day to day, it, it really brings a lot of joy and happiness to, to our lives. So thank you so much for inspiring and, and, and trying to bring, um, you know, people uh, in your in your footsteps, you know, by guiding them. And you mentioned you're part of the Modoc Nation and I wish my camera was working because you could see my shirt. I have my Modoc Nation shirt, uh, virtual walk. I have a friend, Zuniba, that she invited me to participate in this walk. That kind of follows a little bit of the steps of what happened with the Modoc Nation. And it's interesting to me because I consider myself someone that knows a little bit about, you know, Native American history, but I was not familiar with the, with the Modoc history. So it, it was it was interesting to me to learn more about it and and, and see a little bit of kind of like injustice and tragedy that happened. And I know that sometimes when we talk about the history, uh, I know that we don't want to just kind of focus on, on, on that part. Uh, but I was just kind of wondering uh, if you can share a little bit about that on your own words of what had happened. Well. It is unfortunate we don't have our cameras working because uh, if we did, you'd see my uh, my shirt is a Modoc Republic, and it's a reimagination of the California flag. California has the bear flag, the bear re the bear flag republic, and so a documentary project that I'm working on as part of the promotion of it. We've created these T-shirts that have taken the California flag and across the word California, we put Modoc on it. And we could put any other indigenous tribe 
indigenous people from the state of California across that same place and say the same thing. Way before there was a California Republic, there was an indigenous Republic. And because it's in our DNA, our story and our blood, long after California is gone, we'll always be there. So, you know, when we look at what happened with the Modoc people, it's it's a very it's a very complex story because it you know we could look at formation of California as the state in uh, 1850, but we could go back before that. The movement, the the Bear Flag movement, was a movement to separate the territory of California from Mexico, make it a U.S. territory. So that's where the flag came from. With uh, with success of separation, it quickly became a state. So in 1850, when California became a state, they adopted the bear flag. And then in 1851, as a state policy, they initiated their policy of genocide against indigenous people. That policy went from 1851 to 1873. So the thing about 1873 is it was the terminal end of the California genocide policy, and that was the terminal act of the Modoc War. So, you know, there there was a lot that went into what led up to the event that people like to uh, refer back to. We we tend to think of, you know, the Modoc people. We uh, we've kind of uh, boxed them into an event. The Modoc War of 1872 and the uh, conclusion in 1873 with the hanging of the four men and the uh, separation of the people that was that was just the end result of something that had been going on for for quite some time and so yeah the uh, the bear flag uh, the modoc republic t-shirt is an interesting one to wear because a lot of people recognize the california state flag and they see it and it creates conversation and they, they say okay well what does that mean Hour later, they're starting, they're trying to get away, but uh, at least they get the story. <laughs> it's one of those things like uh, I'm I'm sorry I ask, right? Uh, I I kind of get that on occasion, yes. But uh, for me, uh, having left having left uh, where I grew up at a young age, it's it's funny because my dental assistant once um, we were talking and we were talking about uh, being an Indian. And I said, you know, I've never, I've never read about it. You know, I've never read up on the history. I'd never studied it because I knew my family story. And I said, does a, does a zebra have to read about being a zebra? And she said, well, maybe it would if it was raised in a zoo. And that kind of set me back at that point because I realized that, yeah, you know, in that regard, I wasn't a zebra being raised as a zebra. You know, we were removed from our land, and and so making making those connections going back. But again, as an older person, I'm learning. You know, learning more of the history and the story of our people as opposed to just simply the story of my family, which is important. But we're more than that. Yeah, no, it's it's, it's totally true, and I think uh, it's it's good to be a little bit of uh, insightful into our own history or our families and how they play into the larger part. And uh, what is the documentary that uh, you're working on? 
if you want to share a little bit about that and and also is that shirt available for purchase to support the documentary it it is it is available the uh, the project i'm working on it's an it's an independent project and it's called modoc endeavor to persevere and i say it's an independent project because it's it's a story of the people that want to tell their stories beginning with my story uh, some people have said well did you get permission did you get permission to tell the story have you asked everybody's permission and it's you know this is um, an independent story talking about the the modoc war talking about the execution of the four men the fact that they are in abandoned graves, trying to create an awareness to that, but also talking to individuals because we know the story, we tell the story about the history, but we're not artifacts. What are what are the people going through today? We're still here. So that's the endeavor to persevere. You know, we've we've not gone away. We in fact, going back to the bear flag, you know, I like to say that until the bear gets to tell the story, the hunter is always going to be the hero. So in that regard, until the Modoc people get to tell their stories, the stories will all be, always be told for them. And so the stories of the Modoc War, the stories of, you know, these, they're always told by others, or they're always told with the permission to tell them. So our project is really allowing the bear to speak and not letting the hunter tell the story. You know, we, we started... I have, a, I have a film partner I'm working with. And like I said, it's an independent project that I really underestimated because we thought, well, we'll, you know, we're going to acknowledge these graves. We're going to tell stories. We're going to laugh. We're going to cry. We're going to roll credits, fade to black. Um, now we, I realize that, you know, four components of a project is development, production, post-production and distribution. Well, we, you know, in a documentary, and I know you've made them, so you're not telling you something you don't know, but a movie you make because you start with a script. A documentary you discover because you start with an idea. And so we started with an idea, and we're a year into the production process. And, and it's funny because it feels like we were kind of forced to slow down, and by, by having to slow down, we're allowing the story to develop, the story's growing. Right now, it seems really vague. I mean, it seems like a, a you know, when I try to describe it, it's vague, but it's a story about the Modoc people who have survived, who do persevere. And it's not a victim story, it's a survivor story because virtually every Modoc person today, as any indigenous person, has survived. And it's a, so it is a, it's a success story. Well, that's, that's that's pretty deep, and I, I really like your analogy about having the bear tell the story. Um, you said it that. Let me see if I remember correctly. You said if we don't let the bear tell the story, the story will be of the hunter's point of view, right? Exactly. Yeah. Until the bear gets to speak, the hunter will always tell the story. I love because that. the hunter's always the vic the the victor. Correct. And, and that's something that when you start seeing the world from that perspective, it, it really opened your eyes, uh, especially here in the United States, when you start seeing who the towns are named after, who are the parks named after, 
what are the, the, the story that is not being told about the original habitants of the uh, continent? And I, I know that on your project, you, you're going all around uh, talking to many people. I've seen a video of you uh, visiting uh, the Tule Lake, and it was very touching uh, because this lake was a central part of the Modoc Nation. And when you uh, were there uh, filming, it was all dried up, you know. Um, can, you, can you tell about what that experience was like? <clears throat> I could not have anticipated the impact that had on me uh, when we were down there. And my film partner, her name is Christelle Ozas, and we were there and I was standing on the edge of the lake to begin with. And I'm looking out. And I'm just in awe. And Christelle asked me, what is what does Thule Lake mean to you? And I was at a loss because there's the lake itself and then there's the small town of Tule Lake. And I said, well, only thing I think of with Tule Lake is we used to go there when we were kids to play baseball and we always got into fights with the farm kids. So my, my, my association was with the town and not with the lake. And as we stood there, it just really dawned on me that, you know, to our ancestors our ancestral way Thule Lake was the creation that's that was where creation came from that's where we were created from and all of life was lived in the circle that went around the lake and yet here you know here I am 64 years old had lived 20 miles 30 miles away from that passed by it just you know through my whole life and never even realized the significance of it, the importance of it, because we were so effectively removed from our land in California and put into put into Oregon that my origin story was I'm a Modoc Indian, I'm a Klamath, I'm a Oregon native native. Yet we were from California. So when I stood there and I and I looked at that and thought about how important that was for just existence, life, culture, and everything. And to see that there was nothing there. I mean, there was nothing there. And I, you know, I, it was, I could not have anticipated the impact that had on me. And it, and it was strong. Um, Cause you know, there was no Thule Lake. And it, and it was sad because it felt like, I felt like I missed it because in my lifetime I could have been there. I could have seen it as a lake and I missed it. Yeah, it's, 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 it's very striking. And to me, it makes me think about how once you remove the indigenous people from the environment, then the environment has no defender, right? Yeah, that, that's, that's exactly what happened because when the, when the people, and that's what Mukluk says, the people, when we were removed from that land, that land no longer had its same purpose and value uh you know when they were when when settlers were coming through and you know they had no concept of living in the circle how life followed the seasons and it followed you know a large a large pattern that you know they couldn't understand why can't you live on a hundred acres why can't you live on 
you know, 500 acres or a million acres. You know, they had no concept of that because, you know, we didn't we didn't live on that piece of land. We lived around the land, and you needed all of the land to do it. And you know, once once that was lost, you lost the stewardship because, you know, when you live a linear life, your whole purpose is to get away from what's behind you and move forward. When you live on the circle, you know, you just have to remember what goes around comes around and it's seasonal and it comes around. But uh, when you take when you take indigenous people off the land, you put that land into a linear path and you remove it from the circle. Wow, that's 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 pretty deep. Uh, I feel like you're dropping some some knowledge on us today. <laughs> I, I I really appreciate it. Well, it's funny because you know in this in this documentary project, uh, someone was interviewing me and they were asking about you know some some things that I told them. I didn't feel like I was the person to tell the story because I didn't feel like I had the. Um, you know, the knowledge and the wisdom, but at, at some point you do get that and you do have, you do have a voice and you have to share it, but it's complex because when, you know, when, when you're, when you're there, you're just in it and you don't have a perspective. And sometimes we have to, to leave, to see, to go back to help. Exactly. And, and on our podcast, you know, I usually like to ask our guests to share a tip uh, about how we can be more sustainable at home. And since you are a sleep dentist, I was thinking like maybe to ask you how we can get a better night's sleep, because just as important is for us to take care of the planet, we have to take care of ourselves because if we're not there a hundred percent, we're not going to be able to there for our community and for the environment. So, can you share with us a little bit about some tips of how to get a better uh, night's sleep? You know, you are right that sleep is critical and our health is critical. You know, we have to be our best to do our best. And I, I like to tell people that sleep is not simply an event at the end of the day. It's the consequences of the day that you lived. So you can't expect to lay down at 10 o'clock and just get the sleep that you dreamed of or that you want and not uh, take into consideration the day that you lived. And living well leads to sleeping well. It's a cycle. It's going back on that circle. We live on that circle. Uh, sleep replenishes us restores us but what we do during the day is what we build up to that so whether it's you know spiritual practices diet hydration friendship everything that goes into being a healthy person a well person is going to allow you that better sleep so we can talk about all these tips and everything but i just tell people it really is just uh, live well sleep well that's awesome. It's almost you have to do a mind switch, you know, of how to look at a sleep uh, as as part of the day. And I, I really like that. And hopefully uh, people would uh, take that insight to to the heart. 
And uh, I'm so thankful for you taking the time to talk to us. Uh, I'm really excited about your project. Know that uh, myself and everyone here at the podcast are going to support you 100%. Uh, I'm really interested to get one of the shirts. So if you have a link, I can put in the show descriptions. Uh, so thank you uh, so much. And do you have anything else uh, for us as we wrap up here? Uh, Frank, I just I just want to share... Uh, thank you for this opportunity just to speak and express some things. And I really appreciate the work that you're doing. Uh, you are you are putting it out there and getting good things back. And I, I appreciate that. So thank you for this opportunity. Yeah, thank you so much. And I look forward to talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. I have some great news to share with you. Right now, we are in the top 10 nature shows on Apple Podcasts, and this could not have happened without your support. So thank you so much for listening. Thank you for uh, giving us a review. Thank you for sharing these episodes with friends and family. Everyone that makes this podcast possible is eternally grateful for you. Thank you so much for being a part of the show. Make sure you follow us here on Apple Podcasts as we have some really cool guests coming up. Thank you. Agu Jay. Jajoy Shapeve.